Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. Happy Valentine's Day. In case nobody else has told you yet today, I love you. I really do. I might not even know you. (laughs) And you might think it's strange that I can say I love you, but I say it because I feel as though I know who you are, and especially because you're in this place. You must be somewhat similar to myself and uh, must be looking for a way of being, moving, expressing, as the song was telling us, that is in alignment with love. And I honor, respect, and I truly do love that about you. Here's a very challenging question for you now. How many of you woke up this morning? (laughs) Be honest. (laughs) I can't help but remind you what Juan has already told you, and that is that I really want you to be with me on Saturday, February 27th, 10 o'clock, right here to enjoy a wonderful exploration into what has, for me, now been a 30-year practice of learning how to wake up. You say, well, that's hardly anything I need instruction on. Think again. We're not really told how to maximize the first few moments of our day. And what I have found is that when I take advantage of those first waking moments, my whole day is changed. And when my whole day is changed, next thing I know, my month has changed, my year has changed, and my life has changed. So come experience this with me, if you possibly can. I know some of you may think you have better things to do, but this could be a huge shift in your life. I promise you that, and I think it'll be worth your while. So 10 o'clock, Saturday, February 27th. All right, we're celebrating love today, specifically romantic love, right? That was an interesting chuckle. (laughs) Romantic love. So I went to some authorities on the subject of romantic love, some of which you will know the name and many of which you won't because I realize these people haven't been around for a while, a lot of them, and uh, you might not really recognize them. Shelley Winters, what was that? She was... uh, She was an actress, and she said this. She said, in Hollywood, all marriages are happy. It's trying to live together afterward that causes the problems. (laughs) Zsa Zsa Gabor, does anybody remember Zsa Zsa Gabor? I'm sharing her today because I love what she says. I am, she says, a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. Rodney Dangerfield, we sleep in separate rooms, we have dinner apart, we take separate vacations, we are doing everything we can to keep our relationship together. (laughs) And Quentin Crisp, one of my favorite authors, the consuming desire of most human beings is deliberately to plant their whole life in the hands of some other person. For this purpose, they frequently choose someone who doesn't even want the beastly thing. (laughs) A lot of wisdom in all of those words. Um, We have been, in my little mystical minds gathering on Monday nights in February, we've been exploring the pages of this book, The Mastery of Love, 
by Don Miguel Ruiz, who, remember, is going to be here at Unity on the Bay on May 6th with his son, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. That's one of the reasons why I picked the book, but the more important reason was that I think this is a fantastic manual on the art of understanding relationship. And as I share with you from the pages of this book, it occurred to me this morning in the wee hours of the morning that I really need to remind you, as if you didn't already know, that I am learning this material with you. So if ever I sound like an authority on the subject of anything, please excuse me. I'm learning how to change the nature and the understanding of relationships in my life, right along with you. And it hasn't always been easy. Some of what I'm going to share with you this morning, I didn't get until I went through and I'm not exaggerating, years and years and years, decades of suffering because I misunderstood what was going on in my relationships with other people and most, most especially or most importantly, my loving, intimate relationships. I didn't get it. Nobody ever taught me. Um, and it wasn't until I began to discover this on my, on my own. But I'm still learning this, okay? So that means I have difficulties of all manner in my relationships in life. And as I experience those challenges and difficulties, I am learning to bring to them a different understanding and a different approach. And what I find is as I continue that pursuit, my life is becoming so much lighter and lovelier that I can't put it into words. So while I'm still learning and growing right along with you, I can testify this morning that what you're going to hear can make a huge difference in your life. So from the pages of The Mastery of Love, Don Miguel Ruiz says this, you have the power to create. Your power is so strong that whatever you believe comes true. Whatever you believe comes true. And what that means is, as I understand it, that whatever's coming true in your life right now this morning is coming true because of something that you are believing in, something that you are investing the power of your faith and belief in. You create yourself, whatever you believe you are. So most important question for you on this beloved Valentine's Day is, who do you think you are? Who do you believe you are? Because I guarantee you, your experience of you is totally grounded in however you have chosen to define yourself. You are the way you are because that is what you believe about yourself. So that's why it's so important to begin to become more aware of what we believe about ourselves. Now, if you've been around here very long, you've heard me share what I'm about to share many times. But this morning, I'm happy to tell you that as I am actually writing the book, um, the Art of Waking Up. It's in a workbook form now, but it's being um, expanded into a, a full book before the end of the year, thank you, God. Um, I actually gave this that I'm about to share with you that you've heard many times, I gave it a title. So here's the title, Recipe for Life. So I share with you now a recipe for life. I don't even need this because I know it so well, and you probably do too. It begins with one single tiny little thing called a thought. 
and you have many, many countless ideas and thoughts racing through your mind all day long. I'm not talking about the ones that just jettison through on their way to another location. I'm talking about the thought that you grab a hold of and say, whoo, I like this thought. And it doesn't have to be a happy thought. Some of us uh, find a sense of entertainment in holding on to unhappy thoughts. So it could be any kind of thought, but you decide to grab hold of it, and as I always tell you, thoughts are sociable in nature, they begin to draw other thoughts over to the house, and together they get together and have dinners and parties and watch movies and all in your mind. These thoughts are, are gathering in order to create something called a belief. You see, because once you have a group of thoughts hanging out together in your mind, you begin to instill with them a sense of faith. You not only have a thought now, but you have that thought coupled with an investment in faith or belief that you're making. I believe this thought. There are many thoughts, true, but this one I believe. Now, the moment that you do that, you have gone from a group of thoughts into a belief. And beliefs are also sociable in nature, so they gather together. Now you've got all these beliefs having a party in your mind. And they decide they're going to form a concept. The concepts also like to gather together, and they form a paradigm. And a paradigm, my friends, is the lens through which you perceive and experience reality. Now, remember that ultimate reality is this. You are in the kingdom of God right now. You always have been. You always will be. God created you, and God housed you, provided your residence in God's kingdom. But you wake up in the morning and you say, well, it doesn't seem that way to me. And it certainly doesn't seem that way on the planet. That's because you have accepted thoughts coming together as beliefs, gathering up to form concepts that create a paradigm that filters your experience of the kingdom of God. So now you're having an experience. And that's why I call this the recipe of life. Because your experience of life will be determined not by ultimate reality, but by how you are viewing ultimate reality, which is through the lens of your own consciousness or paradigm. That's real important to realize. That's why you're never under any circumstances a victim to anybody or anything. Because you are doing all of this to yourself based on the thoughts, the beliefs, the concepts, the ultimate paradigm that you have created. And you can recreate that. Now, you see, when we come onto the planet, we're domesticated. And I've used this term many times. It's a Don Miguel Ruiz term. I love it, although it has kind of a nasty sting to it. He calls this process human domestication. And he says that from the time we're very young, we have to be domesticated into the universal or collective belief system of humanity and of our particular society. So it becomes very important for well-intentioned authority figures in our lives to begin to set before us certain constructs and then to expect us to follow those constructs. And when we do, we are rewarded. And when we don't, we are punished. So we learn, you see, to cooperate. We get domesticated. No different, he says, actually, than a dog. A dog is rewarded for good behavior, punished for bad behavior, and thus the dog becomes responsive to whatever the universal setup is here, you see. And the same thing happens to us. The only problem with that is that the universal mindset, the universal belief system of which we are all a part, just by virtue of the fact that we're in human existence, 
is based on erroneous ideas, false ideas. So we are being domesticated into a system that is not true. Let me share a little bit with you about human domestication. These are its premises. Number one, life is unkind. From the time you are very young, you must be conditioned to believe that life is unkind. You cannot trust it or anyone or anything. That's the first thing you've got to get. And if you go out there trying to trust, and especially if you trust under the wrong circumstances, you're going to be punished for that. Because life is not pleasant, and it's not friendly. It's tough. It's difficult. You can't trust anybody. Number two, you were born lacking, and you must find what you need outside of yourself. This is a fundamental premise of human domestication. You don't have what you need right now. You never have had it. You weren't born with it. That is totally false, my friends. But that's the premise that you've learned to accept. I don't have what I need, and I have to go out and get what I need. And that's the purpose of my life. Now, of all the needs you may have, the most important one, of course, would be love. And based on this premise, love has to be something you must acquire from somebody else because you don't have it, right? Because you don't have anything. You have to go out there and get it all on your own. Now, love might be too strong a word, so let me substitute another word for it, a couple of words, and those would be approval and validation. You may not feel like you're going out in your life every day of the week trying to get your hands around love, although you might, but let's look at the word approval. How many of us, if we really look at our behavior in our lives, could say, conceivably, I'm trying to get approval here. See, this is so ingrained in us from the time we were little itty-bitty children that we have to get this love, this approval. We have to be validated. Our existence has to be validated by something outside of ourselves. And I'm telling you, every time you go outside of yourself to find anything, you'll never find it. You'll only find outside of yourself what you have first discovered inside of yourself because everything outside of yourself is a reflection of some dynamic that is going on inside of yourself. So if you want more love, if you want more approval, if you want some validation in your life this Valentine's Day, where are you going to look for it? Inside of yourself. Inside of yourself. And provide it to yourself. By the way, how many of you have gone out today and purchased a Valentine for the special someone in your life? Good. Be sure and do that before the end of the day. And then sign it with a nice little personal commentary in there about how much you love this person. And then, of course, when you get home, Open it and give it to yourself. <laughs> this is my Valentine. I'm not going to read it to you because, quite frankly, it's a little mushy. But I love this, and I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to keep this in my little morning ritual for quite a while because I love what it says. Basically, it's important, my friends. We're out there buying Valentines and chocolates and roses for everybody else. Take yourself out to dinner. Buy yourself a Valentine and keep it around. It's really an amazing thing to buy a valentine that you would buy for someone that you love and then give it to yourself and read it to yourself a lot. It'll really help you to realize those pockets where perhaps you're not as loving towards yourself as you'd like to be. The next uh, quality of human domestication is this. There is inherently something wrong with you, but you have to act like there isn't. Well, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Okay, there is really something wrong with you. That's human domestication. But don't you dare let anyone know it. You act like there's nothing wrong with you at all, even though fundamentally you have to believe that there is. You see how insane this belief system that we're domesticated into really is? 
It's crazy, and when you can laugh at it, that's great, but you get caught up in life circumstances, it's hard to pull back and laugh at it. Now, according to Don Miguel Ruiz, this system has enabled the experience of fear, fear of not being enough, fear of not having enough, to overcome the experience of love in our relationships. He actually goes on to say that 95% of our relationships in life, at least 95%, are fear-based. When you boil it all down to it, there's some level of desire for approval, for acceptance, for love. We're, we're some, there's some kind of a bargain going on in the relationship, and we're fearful that that bargain will not be fulfilled. So he says that love has actually fallen back a bit in terms of becoming the predominant force in most relationships. Even he says if your relationship is 60-40, say 40% love, 60% fear, it's still fear-based. So I really encourage you this morning to look and see those relationships in your life that might be attached to this belief system that has been universally accepted and that we've all been domesticated into. Let me then share with you some fundamental ideas about the differences between love and fear in relationships. And these are the ones that I am learning. And the learning hasn't come easy. Because a lot of times I wanted so much to be right in a relationship, or I wanted so much to be superior in a relationship, that I couldn't actually accept some of these thoughts for myself. I was just too arrogant and proud. And you got to watch out for arrogance and pride in your relationships, my friends, because they will always make you humble. And that's not always easy. Here they are, quickly. Love has no obligations or expectations. Fear is full of both. Love has no obligations or expectations. Now, I'm not saying you can't have obligations and expectations of your loved ones, my friends, but I will guarantee you this. It is not a loving thing to do, to hold one, someone else accountable for the obligations and the expectations that you have placed upon them. We have no right to do that toward one another, even though a lot of our relationship systems and marriage will tell us we have every right to expect that, to lay expectations. And the wonderful thing about expectations, of course, is that we don't tell anybody about them. We keep them tucked away in our hip pocket until we really get to know somebody. And the way they understand what our expectations are is by violating them. Isn't that sweet? Well, you didn't tell me you had that expectation. I didn't need to until you violated it. Is that fair? Love is based on respect. Fear doesn't respect anyone or anything. I'm talking about real respect. You've got to hold the other person in very high esteem, regardless of your egoic opinions about them that will come to surface. Next, love is ruthless yet compassionate. Fear is full of pity and feels sorry for everyone, including you. Compassion is a beautiful and lovely thing. Feeling sorry for somebody is not because feeling sorry for somebody says that you wish they weren't where they are or you wish they weren't who they are. And let me tell you, we all are who we are and where we are by right of divine appointment. So for you to feel sorry for somebody else or to feel sorry for yourself is to de-escalate yourself from the divine pattern of perfection that you were created with into something less. Love is ruthless, yet compassionate. Fear is full of pity and feels sorry for everyone, including you. We just did that one, didn't we? Love is always kind. Fear is always unkind. 
Kindness is a sweet thing. Have you noticed this, my friends? And it doesn't take a lot of effort or energy on your part to just simply be kind in your approach, and especially to those individuals that you proclaim to love. And finally, love is generous. Fear is selfish. When you're in a state of love, you're always going to find yourself wanting to give the objects of your love and affection more and more, and you'll ultimately expect to receive less from them. In so doing, what you'll find is that you receive everything you always wanted because you stop looking to the other person to provide it for you. You begin to provide it for yourself. You realize you have a wealth of whatever it is you think you're missing, and then the natural inclination is to want to share that in a state of joy. Let's take a look then at something else. Don Miguel Ruiz has talked about human domestication. Let's look now at what we will call divine domestication. And I really thought about that term before I coined it because I wasn't sure it was possible to be divinely domesticated because domestication has kind of a sting to it. But when I really looked it up, I found that it's really just a matter of gathering yourself in alignment with some kind of construct in life. So it could be an egoic construct that's erroneous in nature, but it could also be something very loving. It could be gathering yourself in alignment with the construct, the template of the divine within you. Divine domestication will tell you this. Number one, life is kind, and you can trust it. Life is kind, and you can trust it. Even in those moments when you're least inclined to trust it, trust it anyway. I'm not talking about trusting personalities, because that can get sticky. I'm talking about trusting life, trusting things like the idea that you're always in the right place at the right time, trusting ideas like the people that are surrounding you right now are a cast of characters specifically and intentionally designed for your personal growth and your liberation. Trust life. Next, you were born complete, having everything you need within your own being. Now, again, I'm telling you, my friends, when you get into this stuff, it can be tough because it, the, the ingrained domestication goes so deeply that it will tell you, I am not complete. I've got to have somebody else in my life. I've got to have something else in my life. So when you meet up against these, be gentle with yourself. You're, you're excavating literally years in your own life and centuries and millennium in terms of the life of humanity that you're excavating in order to get to the truth of who you are from a divine perspective. Next, love cannot be acquired from other people. You have an inexhaustible source of love inside of you. And here's the big one. If you can, if you can, if we, if we could really get this next one, my friends, wow. We would have the most beautiful Valentine's Day that we've ever had. And once and for all, the planet and the human race could begin to experience something really, really sweet. Here it is in one sentence. There is nothing wrong with you. The world will most certainly tell you otherwise. Sometimes the people that you love the most will seek to tell you otherwise. And you can project an image of yourself that supports that reality, that identity. You can. When you get up in the morning, that's why these early morning hours are so important. 
One of the first things you need to say to yourself is, there's nothing wrong with me, there's nothing wrong with you, and there's nothing wrong with life. Now, life's going to tell you, there's lots to be said about what's wrong here. Look again. That is a reality born out of a belief that you have chosen to embrace. You've invested it. You've turned it into a concept. You've made it into a paradigm. All manner of things are going wrong here. And you believe it. Of course you believe it. You've invested your faith. But I'm telling you this. You can change your mind. That's the single greatest ingredient of the unity teaching. You can change your mind. You can decide in this room this morning that you are no longer going to accept the idea that life and you and everybody around you is broken in need of repair, and it's a sad, sad story. You can change your mind and decide that there's nothing wrong. Don Miguel Ruiz in Mastery of Love says this, humans are powerful magicians. When you believe that you are what you are, then that is what you are. So I ask you this morning, what do you believe you are? You are free, my friends. Hear me on this. You're free to believe whatever you want to about yourself. And I can't dictate that, nor would I. But the reality is this. You can choose to believe in yourself as a loving, as a generous, as a kind, as a non-judgmental creation of the almighty divinity that orchestrates an entire universe. And according to your belief, it will come true for you. That's my Valentine's Day gift. Be then who you are. Believe in who you are, made in the image and the likeness of God. And go forth and let the whole world see that they too are just like you, made of love. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.